When the fires die down and the guests are full, the only thing left to do is enjoy the company. Best done with a fresh cigar and a cold drink. This is After the Cook. How we doing today, baby? How are we doing today? My man, the Barbecue Buddha, and myself, Dark Side of the Grill, thank you for joining us for another episode of After the Cook. How you doing, baby? So excited. This is a guy that we've known for a long time, BGE Team Green, founding member, celebrity chef, David Rose is going to be on our call today on our podcast, and I'm so excited. I'm pumped too, man. I, I'm not going to lie to you. I've been digging through some old recipes and stuff like that. I got to pounce on him about some some wood questions and stuff. He's uh, he's an absolute all-star. He's uh, definitely definitely bigger bigger than your average bear, right? So this is gonna be this is gonna be a lot of fun. I can't wait, man. There's always a lot of crazy talk going on in barbecue, but that's one dude that I definitely am not. I'm always yes sir, no sir. How are you doing, sir? Can I get you some more charcoal, sir? He is swole. He's swollen as big as you could possibly be. Don't know how he does it. I want to find out all about that, but I'm always very nice because literally I think he could probably take me out with a pinky. Yeah. And that's about all that's about all I'm gonna be able to handle. That's of a, David. It, isn't that the truth, man? Isn't that the truth? So so how are you holding up, brother? How are you doing today? I'm doing okay. You know, uh, we're going to get into this in a little bit, but I just got back from a, a great event in New Orleans. I saw that you were in Phoenix this weekend doing an event yourself and uh, looked like you had a miserable day of travel getting back from there. I mean, are you even back? What? It looks like you're back, back, but that may be a fake background. I'm back. I'm home. I'm home. Thank, thank <laughs> the... Thank the maker, I'm home, but uh, every once in a while, coming back to Canada, man, and something just, uh, you know, just one little gear does a little turn, and then the entire show just falls apart. I ended up, uh, I was in Phoenix, flying out to Calgary, was, or no, I was flying out to Edmonton was the plan, direct flight, at, okay. leaving at 5.25 a.m., so I get there at 3.30, right? Uh you know, I, I like the red eyes, man. I like, because then I'm home by noon, right? It's fantastic. It's nice. And right. Easy, so that's a good good time for me. I could sleep on did the plane. Did you even go to sleep the night before? I did. did you just I stay straight I up and then go right? I slept for two and a half hours and I slept in a very chaotic state because I, we had a wild night right before I, I went to bed. So it was it right. was crazy. It was, but whatever. I got up. I got to the airport, get there, 4.30, standing at the gate, 5.25, it, it departs, right? And uh, delayed, delayed, delayed. And then we're going to have to book you another flight. And I was like, what? What? Ah, here we go, right? And they got my bag already and, you know, me and bags and then whatever, right? Yeah. I didn't get, so then they ended up having to send me to Calgary and then Calgary to Edmonton. It was a 12-hour delay for the flight to Calgary. And then when I got to Calgary, the flight was delayed another three hours. I didn't get home until 2 o'clock in the morning, man. Jeez, did they ever explain why the original delay or mishap? I mean, was it weather? Was it all, planes? Or is it just... It's scheduling inconsistencies. I don't know. Man. Yeah. So what did you do? Didn't Did you ever consider going to the airport hotel or... Well, here's the I mean, the it thing. looked like from your stories that you just sat in the airport and lamented. To get anywhere in Phoenix, an Uber ride is 60 to 80 bucks. Right. So... Now you weigh that to whatever lunch is going to be outside of the airport, or you could just sit there and get lunch in the airport and just be miserable. So I did yeah. my best to stay positive. The Instagram jumped on there and whatever, right? So that was good. But uh, it was a long, tw it was a 20, 20, 23 hours in the airport, man. Yeah. 
Did you just, get some sleep? Are you? I got at a, co- all I got a couple for... hours. On top of the okay. sunburn and everything else that's going wrong here, <laughs> I just yeah, it's it's been a it's been a trip, man. It's been a trip. So. Do you have? I don't even know that can, Canada or Canadian people have aloe available to them. I couldn't imagine you ever needing aloe, but do you have aloe at your? Local grocery stores or convenience stores? I believe so, yes. I also have a gigantic plant for my grandmother, an aloe vera plant, but not enough to... Just like when I got my... uh, Great visual. All I'm thinking now is you turning to the camera in your robe, dropping the robe down, slow motion, Marvin Gaye music playing, and then taking this live hunk of aloe... It just squeezing it down your back in slow motion, aloe dripping down your back. Dude, if you don't make that Stop happen, it. you are crazy. You're missing an opportunity. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. I love it. Yeah, we're, we're very excited for our guest today. This is going to be such a blast. Thank you guys very much for yeah. tuning in. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you follow us on whatever platform you found us on. We're on all of them, so get onto that and uh, show some love. Hit us up in the comments because... The more you guys download and the more you guys comment, the more we're going to keep doing this stuff and the, the harder we're going to dig for big guests like this huge bugger right here. So, yeah, we're going to have a good time. Yeah, this is really good. I mean, if people forget what this is all about, this is what a day in the life is with a pit master or a group of pit masters after they've done a bunch of cooking all day long at home or at an event, sitting around, smoking cigars, shooting the shit talking about everything underneath the sun and we're always glad to have a great guest like chef rose join us to do just that and without further ado ladies and gentlemen chef david rose feel like we need one of those Super Bowl, that's, you know, like, yeah. uh, the, the, uh, yeah, what do you call the sign language? American Sign Language yeah, people, like, it. dancing in the that's corner the, here. <laughs> a little <laughs> ASL action. A little ASL action. We need, like, one of, they're becoming superstars. They, like, do the dance. They get all into it. I'm like, man, well, I missed my calling in life. That would be a good did gig. You, did you see that movie, uh, Coda? Yes. It was really good. That, Mel, have you, I know you're not a big movie, but Coda, I think it was like an Apple TV original, and it was one of the mm-hmm. first like streaming services to win a bunch of award, but it's yeah. from the perspective yep. of a guy that's on the road, he's like a punk rock drummer yep. with his girlfriend, and he starts getting tinnitus. And no, that's on, a different one, that's, that's, that's the sound of music or something, oh. or sound of something, Coda's the one with the family. Where the family, everybody's deaf except. Oh, the I haven't seen that, that one yet. Yeah, that okay. was good. But the one you're talking about is good. Yes. Well. well, I just, I just was all ramped up for a good story, that's, and that's, much like David's sleeves, right I have there. nowhere to go. Yeah. There's zero place to go with this. <laughs> let's, let's, let's get right into this. How's the weather in Atlanta right now, brother? As you can tell, it's like 30 below, so I'm dressed appropriately. Uh, mm. No, man, it's been raining a lot lately. It actually hailed. Last week, but today it's pretty sunny, a little overcast, uh, 75 nice. degrees, that, that's the one. slightly that's, cloudy, chance I, of uh, showers around 4 p.m. <laughs> Back to you, Diane. <laughs> I'm like all of a sudden envisioning like you know Jordan's gonna put like this like weather like, graphic in the background you know Hur- gonna, Hurricane so you, Gabriel you guys, yeah. coming through the left right. the west coast yeah, coming through. The, you guys have quite the pollen problem down there, eh? Man, it is. It's covered out here. Yeah, like I washed my car on Saturday by like you know. That evening, it was already covered. That's the trippy thing about 
Florida. When I first moved down here three years ago, I never thought mm-hmm. about the spring as earlier. So we get like all of our pollen and stuff at early February. So we get it like yep. six to eight weeks before the rest of you all do. And it's miserable. It's terrible. Yeah, I could, I could imagine. I'm from Jersey originally, yeah. uh, the garden state. And, you know, every single species of flowers you could think of never had allergies to pollen until I moved to Atlanta. And they're just kicking my ass. No. Yeah. You know, so they're like that first two, three weeks, I got to adjust. So I drink a lot of raw honey. So that kind of helps. Yep. It helps a little ah. bit. Yep. Well, that's neat. I, I've heard about the, the bee pollen before. That's uh, the bee, mm-hmm. People are quite quite big on that up here. We have uh, yeah. yeah, we have tons of bees. Tons of bee farmers. So that's that's awesome. You have bees up in, in Canada? Canada eh? We do. That's it. They're they're only around for three months of the year, but they're quite <laughs> they're quite they're busy. I was going to say, how do they survive up there? What do they do? I don't know, man. They're like it's too cold. I'm out of here. Yeah, <laughs> bouncing. They migrate. They're the only they're the only insects that migrate out of Canada. Yeah, that's it. Good to see you guys, though, man. Everything good. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. Good, 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 good. Happy to hear, man. Happy to hear. Yep. I just spent the weekend with Bob Atkinson. He says to say hello, Bobby. I spoke to him uh, last week. That's yeah. the homie right there. That's my riding buddy. Yeah, we need to get into that a little bit. You need to tell us a little bit about your story about cruising. I think you all drove in like 10 days across to, from Atlanta to the West Coast and then back again. Five days there, five days back. I would have liked to kind of, you know, slow it down a little leisurely, but, you know, I don't have, uh, Bob doesn't have that leisure because he's married. Yeah. So, right. like, every day his wife was like, when are you coming back? When are you coming back? <laughs> I wanted to make a detour to Vegas, but the wife wasn't having it. Yeah. Yeah. Next time. Next time, maybe. Yeah. yeah. No. Oh, yeah. Bob. Bob showed me pictures of your guys' trip, and right away he's like, "Look, he's as big as the bike." I'm like, "I met him. I've met him, Bob. I know. I've met him, Bob. I." Know. <laughs> yeah. Good old, good old Bobby. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's an absolute gem. I love I love him. Every time I see him, yeah, my day man. gets better. So. There you go, yeah. man. I have the same feeling as well, dude. Yeah. So Jersey, Bergen County. Oddly enough, that's where my all my dad's side of the family is. My. Aunt. Oh, really? Where from? Which exit? Uh, That's a joke people always <laughs> So say. I was born, if you could believe this, I was born in Westwood, New Jersey. And uh, really? then all of my family is either in uh, Tenafly, New Jersey, or they originally, they're all the first generation Italians that came over in the Bronx and eventually went out to the uh-huh. Burbs in New Jersey. So yeah, I still have a ton of family up. Uh, in fact, I think my aunt is an uh-huh. actress in a local theater group, uh, the Bergen County Players, I think is the name of their theater group. Get, so, yeah. you're, you're lying to me right now. I, I am absolutely cause... not. So when I was doing a little research uh-huh. on you this morning and I saw that you're from Bergen County, I was like, holy cow, that's where Aunt Andrea is from. So, Ask yeah. me which high school I graduated from. What high school did you graduate from? Tenafly High School. Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> well, there you what go. What are the chances of that, that's dude? Awesome. I, mean, I was born in Inglewood, awesome. raised in Teaneck, but went to school in Tenafly. So people now watching this are going to say they look a lot alike. They cook on big green eggs and they're from the same place in Jersey. They must be twins, you know. Must be related. Yeah. <laughs> Arnold, I'm Arnold Schwarzenegger. You're Davina. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take that. <laughs> yes, man. So, uh, yeah, man. How long you guys been doing this for now? This has been, I'd say, eight, eight months now we've been doing this. Just on and off. Every every time we get a chance, we uh, cut, cut an episode here and there. It's been... Uh, Really good. The the goal is actually to bring this out so like uh, Oktoberfest, right? Yeah. And we'll we'll try and get a bunch of people together and do this actually live right after the festival. Sit down and you know go through your day while you're still pumped full of energy, but winding down, right? Uh-huh. That's the whole that's the whole point of the thing. So yeah. 
Mel started this during the pandemic as a way mm -hmm. to keep everybody engaged and to sort of, hey, this is what we've been doing, cooking from home, showing what we're doing yeah. from home, and then let's yeah. get together and sort of have a cigar and a drink after the cook. And then that grew from that into this illustrious podcast that you are a, a guest on today. So hold on. I heard cigar and drink. I got that memo. Am I the only one drinking today? Like, is that maybe an alcoholic? What's, what's going on? Where are your beverages at, gentlemen? Where are you supposed uh, Well, to? I'm, I'm representing here in Mel. I mean, Mel is like permanently pickled. He's this, he's like a pickle. Oh, I see the bar back there. Okay, yeah, so yeah, yeah. What, is, what are we drinking from the selection today, Mel? <laughs> so to be honest with you, David, <laughs> I just yeah. climbed out of the ditch. I had a 23-hour mishap at the uh, airport from Phoenix to Edmonton yesterday, and I like oh, no. I literally just got just got out of bed. So I'm just trying to get back in my uh, <laughs> you know you know how this goes, man. It's been it's been chaos, man. It's been just wild. 23 hours. You need some from, hair of the dog. Yeah, exactly. 23 hours from Phoenix to Edmonton has just been. Something else, but yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right there, brother. What do they say? Better, uh, better late than never. That's right. Better Beat the alternative. Better in than out. <laughs> all, all of the same. Yeah, that's. <laughs> you know, that's that kind of stuff always drives me crazy because I like waking up and bitching about everything, right? Because that's just our God-given <laughs> uh -huh. right being human beings on this planet. You wake up and you complain. That's just it. It's the life of scarcity. We don't have yeah. enough time. We don't yeah. have enough money. We don't have enough stuff to do. It's time to complain. Uh -huh. And then when somebody looks at me and goes, well, aren't you just happy to be alive today? I'm like, God <laughs> bless. Why <laughs> did you, you have to, to yeah, why did you have to bring me back down to earth <laughs> to make me realize how like happy and, and, and like I just want to complain about stuff. And then and, and, and you get, yeah. So yeah, that's, yeah, rock after reality. Basil Hayden today. That's, that's there. There you go. There you go. Come on. Cheers. Mm -hmm. Salute. Cheers, gentlemen. Mm -hmm. Cheers. Mm -mm -mm. Health, wealth, prosperity. That's it. I, I was just in Phoenix on the weekend and there, and I hit a hit a cigar bar. Trevor's Cigar Bar and uh, Lounge, right? And the mm -hmm. old fashions were so good that I disappeared like twenty of them. It was. It was one. Of, it was one of those nights. I bought a, a few cigars out. Of, yeah, bought a few cigars out of the humidor, <laughs> thinking like I'm going to bring a yeah. few of these back, right? And then you end up having yeah. such a good time, you just smoke and drink everything. It's like, okay, well, th this didn't work at all. This this two-hour tour turned into an entire evening affair, right? So, yeah. But was, did you enjoy yourself? I did so. <laughs> I did so. There you go. Yeah. There you More go. More than I yeah. should have, probably. But, yeah, that was a good time. It was a good time. <laughs> So are you still doing the TLC thing? When I was reading about you, I thought that was such a great concept, your TLC. Nope. Man, that thing was so awesome. And um, I've been doing it. I was doing it for a long time, like back since, what, 2012 I started doing it. And then uh, just pretty much developed a, a huge, great network of different cigar distributors, cigar owners, local cigar shops, stuff like that. And just through kind of, you know, it came about organic where I was like, you know, I love food. Love cigars. I love to drink. So let's combine all three. And I had the great opportunity of working with uh, Camacho and Davidoff on a huge campaign a couple years ago. Uh, it was a two, three year campaign and started ramping up even more. Uh, but I've just been so busy lately. I've had a chance to really get back into it in the last three years. But it's something definitely I want to, you know, venture back out and do, man, because, you know, it's the great denominator, you know, food, cigars, liquor, you know, we're here right now yep. talking about cigars, food and liquor. Yep. So, you know, it brings everyone together. So TLC, 
will return one day. That's Hopefully tastings, libations, and cigars. I think that's what the you TLC stands for. Okay, that you is, got it. And, I, I might, I might upgrade to TLCW. Any guesses on what the W might stand for? Weightlifting. <laughs> <laughs> that would be nice, but counter-effective with the liquor. Um, women. Oh, there you go. Women. Uh, so, you know. Yeah. Yep. Well, we'll see. Yeah, that's <laughs> we'll see. I don't know how that'll fly, but <laughs> still kind of running through the, the mill right now in my head. We'll see what happens. But TLC. Yeah. Will return for sure. So, yeah. so I have to ask, David, your top five cigars. What would they be? Ah, great question. Top five cigars. That is a great question. Um, uh, funny you ask that. Do either of you read um, Cigar Aficionado magazine? I, I do. Yes, I actually was featured in there recently. Uh, they asked celebrities, celebrities, um, what their favorite cigar was. So I was in there. Ray Lewis is in there. So that was super cool. Uh, the owner of, I think, you know, the Hyde or the Lowe's Hotel. I forgot, but my favorite cigar actually is the Padron Anniversary Edition. Nice. Uh, that smoke right there is is so money. Uh, it's like one of those cigars, like where you get it, like the the feel of it. Yep. It's nice and firm, a little bit of crystallization from the aging process, and just that smoke, that draw, it's like butter. Like the first time I ever smoked it, I just kind of had to stop and just absorb and just soak in that moment because it was so good. So that's one of my favorites. That's awesome. Um, I love the Davidoff catalog. So the um, the Late Hour, the Winston Churchill is very good. Yep. I like their Escudio as well. Um, uh, I like a nice kind of, you know, spicy, bold, sometimes punch in your mouth kind of cigar so like you know uh they have a, a really good you know uh, maduro yep. with the camacho line as well yep. Yep. um uh drew estate yep actually absolutely love their line uh the flying pig uh anything from the league of provada line uh so you know I'm, I'm a big fan of them man and uh, i just love a good cigar man and i think with me i i really like to kind of say like you know when you're having your dinner you have your appetizer your cocktail you know, your main course, your dessert, then you have a cigar and your cocktail after that, you know, got to have the after dinner drink. Yep. And that is kind of like, you know, that really kind of finishes off and sets the tone of the evening and just, you know, helps the, 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 the digestion process. At least for me, it does. Yep. And it just really completes everything. Well, that's yes. So it comes full circle. That's it. Well, Chris, 100%. Chris spent a, a ton of time in Louisville, so. He know he knows a little little bit about that splash at the end of the night. Right? There you a go. A lot there of bit about go. that splash at the end of the night for sure. All right, so I'm gonna ask you two. What are your favorite cigars? Honestly, so in Canada yeah. we get a lot of Cubans still, right? So mm -hmm. you still get get the nice ones, Monte Cristos, the Cuebas, the like Maduro Five, right? The Green Label uh -huh. Maduro Five. You put you give me that in a beach and I'm done. Like I'm that that is <laughs> that is my last meal right there. We're good. I love that, man. <laughs> That's yeah. Uh, but for for me, I'm a sucker for anything like a a nice spicy Maduro, right? Uh, yes. The Camacho. They did the bourbon, the bourbon barrel. Uh, oh, just yep. like absolutely perfect. But yeah, I, I I tend to coin this. Our taste buds are a bit different because we're 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 into barbecue all the time. Mm -hmm. Right, so you find we like that yep. spicy bourbon. We like that spicy yep. cigar. We gotta, you know, accentuate that above and beyond what, what most people would. So, and it's funny you say that. I'm actually smoking one of those Camachos right nice. now. The American whiskey, age in the Corojo. Yep, yep, that's the one. So right look there, at that, man. man. Hey, <laughs> that's ah. you know, great minds think alike, yep. dude. That's like, <laughs> that that like the the stars aligning on that one. Well, it's funny you, <laughs> you mentioned know? Camacho. Uh, I was a casual cigar smoker. Until I had my very first Camacho Triple X Maduro, and that that the experience one. that you just described, David, is what happened to me. I was like, "Holy 
shit, this is what a cigar could be like. This is what it's like. Yeah. It was big. It was bold. I got that nice tobacco high. I mean, it was mm-hmm. everything that I love about cigar smoking. The only problem yeah. with a cigar like that is it sets the bar at a very different level. So now whenever yes. I smoke cigars or I like cigars or I find cigars, my taste and the strength of a cigar is always compared to that. And and that's a hard one to top. But the, yeah. Uh, yeah, man, no more Fleet Blunts and uh, Black and Mouths for you, my friend. That's, only yeah. only Triple X. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what is this? I can't even taste it. So yeah, it's crazy to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that, yeah. man. Good, 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 good stuff, man. Those are all solid cigars. Um, I'm a fan. I'm like, you know, I always say this, like, you know, stress will kill you quicker and faster than any cigar will. Yeah. So this right here, it, it soothes me. It calms me down. I can reflect. I could be, you know, chill and just, you know, this in a, this in a motorcycle and I'm a happy guy, man. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Well, then yeah, I can't see you stressed at all. <laughs> that's not in my DNA. I got it from my dad. My dad, I kid you not, my father is one of the nicest, most patient, gentle people I've known in my entire life. I've never seen him mad in my entire life. So I guess, you know, I'm very much like him in that regard, where he's very even keel, very much glasses half full, uh, very much the optimist. So I, I owe a lot of that to him. Mom, Mom's kind of spicy. Mom's all of 5'2" five three and she's a firecracker but dad he's mr zen yeah that's awesome so here's another thing that i got to dive into and i know as mel has a bunch of questions on this as well your parents so you were born in jersey or you were born in the states but your parents are jamaican your family's jamaican so yeah we we have another tie and see this whole danny devito twins thing is going to happen here my wife and i got <laughs> married in Ocho Rios, Jamaica, back in 2009. Yeah. And up until the pandemic, we went back every year on our anniversary to, we started going in the grill and, yeah. uh, and uh, celebrating our anniversary. So we, we consider ourselves Jamaicans. And uh, I, love, <laughs> I love the great nation of Jamaica and the people of Jamaica. So what parish is your family from? Where in Jamaica are you from? And, and tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so like uh, everybody, literally everybody in my uh, immediate family is Jamaica. So mom, dad, I'm the baby of eight. So seven kids, everybody except me was born here. So um, everybody's like, you know, a year or two, year or two, year or two gap in between each other. And then they come to America and there's a nine year gap with me. So um, I'm pretty sure I wasn't planned. But between you, me and the screen, I'm still the favorite. Um, But mom, she was from... uh, St. Anne, like near St. Elizabeth, up in the mountains from a place called Artes. And um, Jamaicans, for some reason, don't pronounce the H if it starts off with a, a word. So it's H-E-A-R-T-E-A-S-E, but the, you know, Jamaican way is Artes, you right. know? So nothing but only two things up there. Um, livestock, <laughs> um, plants, and weed. <laughs> I love the way it. you differentiate plants and weed. So, <laughs> um, it, <laughs> um, like you know, mango trees, all that stuff. Yeah. But like you know, it's so beautiful, so serene, so chill. Right. And my mom, you know, she's one of thirteen, so big Jamaican family, and they just kind of lived off the land. My grandparents were farmers, so what they butchered, what they killed, what they picked, what they cultivated, uh, you know, they ate. You know, so everybody can cook on both sides of the family and dad is from kingston so you know the capital right there smack dab uh city boy and they actually met when my uncle 
he was a chef also. He had a restaurant in Kingston. So a couple of my mom and her siblings moved down and they were working there. They were uh, helping cook and there were waitresses and waiters. And my dad is working in the factory nearby. And he'd always come in for lunch every day after a shift and he'd request my mom. So my mom could obviously tell. My mom is a hot girl. She still is a hot girl, even though she's 76. And she could tell he wanted to say something, but he never took initiative. So one day she was like, you're going to ask me out or what? (laughs) And, you know, the rest is history. And, you know, my parents met as a result of food. My parents are chefs. So I'm a product of chef baby making and i'm I'm a product of food love you know so food food it layers up and just has so many different levels as it correlates to my life and good food is a reason why my parents connected yeah that's awesome i I love that absolutely love jamaica i love that man (laughs) so you know good jerk chicken i know know where to find the good jerk spots yeah, and you know what I thought, and this is the thing that still stumps me to this day. And if you like this idea, I'm, you know, we yeah. can partner up. I will, I'll, I'll be like the Danny DeVito role, of course. You know, I'll, <laughs> I'll defer to your, your giantness. But yeah. why aren't patties a bigger deal in America? Like I go to Jamaica, and when you get a good huh? patty, it's a transcending Oof. experience. I'm like, oh my god, the flaky crust and the stuffing inside and the curry and the delicious. And, and I'm like, the possibilities are endless. The uh-huh. dipping sauces, the fillings, the different crust. Yeah. A patty restaurant would be, or a, a chain, or or it would be such mm-hmm. a big deal. But you only find them in like small Jamaican neighborhood restaurants, which are great and everything, mm-hmm. but I think they yeah. They could be a big culinary thing here in the States. You Let's know what's see. funny? Um, uh, and you nailed it with the flakiness. If you don't have a lap and a face full of flakes, if you're eating a beef patty and you're not burning your tongue yeah. when you eat yeah. a beef patty, yeah. I don't want it. It's got to yeah. be like volcano temperature and it's got to just be flaky, just disintegrate yeah. all over you. That is a good beef patty. Um, but as far as a chain, there actually is a chain. It just depends where you are. Uh, this chain called Golden Crust. And they huh? started out only making beef patties. So they're very big in uh, the tri-state area. You can find them everywhere in New York and New Jersey. And you can find them also here in uh, Georgia as well. So there actually is a, a couple different patty shops and franchises. I just think that they're mostly uh, centralized in the, the tri-state area and southeast uh, Georgia area as well. So there's a uh, couple. Uh, might not be in Florida, but you could definitely find a couple down there. Neat. Do you have a good patty dough recipe that you, or just a patty, the whole, can you, is it in your book, Agin? I, I, I am not going to lie to you. I, in all the years I've been cooking, uh, as many patties, as many thousands and hundreds and thousands of patties I've had, I've never attempted to make it. <laughs> um, and a friend of mine sent me a patty video from TikTok, and he actually braised oxtails and put it in the beef patty. Nice. So <sighs> the gears are already kind of rotating. Uh, and you just kind of solidified that, so uh, we're gonna make that happen in the near future. There you go. And you That's get the, awesome. you know, when you thing. get that hot beef and the peas and the flaky crust, mm-hmm. and then you know it's gonna be so hot. So to cool it off, you put on that mm-hmm. like, triple habanero pepper sauce, <laughs> not yes. to cool it off from a spicy perspective, yep. to cool yep. it off from a temperature perspective. Now yes. you got all sorts of stuff going on on your face and in your face. Yep. I love a Jamaican <laughs> patty with a red stripe beer. And then some yep, of those sir. plants, you know, like yep. the mangoes. Uh-huh. I don't know what you were yeah. thinking, but, you know, like the mango <laughs> plants. You are in Jamaica, the, so, you know, 
hey, that's you, it. Do you it, know it's you legal there it's now, a, or it's decriminalized. Last time I was exactly. there, I was I was hiding it, and everybody was like, huh? "You don't need to hide it anymore. You could just do it out by the pool." I was like, I'm like, that works for me. I know it does. Yeah, man. But like, Jamaican food is like my soul food. It's the food that I grew up on, so that's why. There's a, a huge influence in my style of cooking, even though I'm classically trained, where that's food I identify with at such an early age. And I wanted to put that and then, you know, expose that and share that in, uh, in Eggin. So uh, I'm so glad you're a lover of Jamaican food. Oh, yeah. Yes. Salute, my friend. Salute. Yep. Respect. Respect, respect, respect. What about you, Mel? Are you a fan of Jamaican oh, food hu- as well? Oh, huge, man, huge. I, I like sp- I like <laughs> spicy. I've always been a huge fan of jerk and like you know your yeah. your stewed goat stuff like that. When you guys are talking about patties, yeah. there's a huge Jamaican culture up here, right? And it's oh, not yeah. just because it's weeds free legal up here either. It's yeah. a whole lot of things, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, <laughs> Toronto, have a, Toronto, huge Caribbean, yeah, the, the, huge Caribbean population. Oh, huge, man. Like when uh, Buddha was talking about beef patties, I, I can think of six places within five blocks of here I can get beef patties mm-hmm. right now. And they're like proper, spicy, the whole nine yards. Yes. Right? So that's a neighbor just a couple doors down from me had his mom bring up scotch bonnet seeds for me. So, oh, yes. so I grow my own scotch bonnets because when you go to the store, nice. they're like mixed with habanero or something. They're not the same. Like right. these are not the same. Yeah. These <laughs> no. are like proper, like little pumpkins. It'll just knock you right on you. And, yes. the, and they're fruity, but they're hot, yep. you know, and that's perfect. So yep. yeah, I grow my own and, and, scotch bonnets and stuff. And it's, that's awesome. And the great thing about like, you know, Jamaican food, like, you know, it's not just like spicy for the sake of being spicy. Exactly. It's spicy with a purpose and the, yep. the flavors are so nuanced yep. where it's more than just spicy, you know? Yep. Where you have in like, you know, let's just take jerk marinade. You got the all spice, you got the cloves, you got the pimento, you got the scotch bonnet, you got the ginger, yep. you got the scallion or green onion, you know, and you have the garlic and well there where it's spicy, but it's flavorful, it's delicious, it has depth. And it's also going to make you sweat a little that's bit. It. So it's the best of all worlds, you know? That's my, my favorite expression is when you're out on a date, right? And yeah. you, you see the date go like, and then they go back <laughs> for another bite. That's, you know, uh-huh. they are, it's yeah. hot. For sure it's hot, but they're already trying to get back in there. So that's, yeah. and then you know what you want, and that's it right there. So I, I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love spicy food, man. Like, you know, it's that endorphin kick or like, you know, it's spicy. It might hurt a little bit, but it's it's a good pain. Yep. It's a good yeah. pain. Does <laughs> yeah. that make us masochists? Yep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Culinary masochists? Yep. I like the pain. Yep. I'm here for it. Yeah, well, I, I, yeah, man. We So we, we do the, that's the joke all the time with mama when we go down to uh-huh. the, and you get the curried goat over rice, right? And you're like, the, yeah. where's all the meat? You know, did the kids eat all the meat yeah. already? All we got left is bones in here? Come on, where's the Nothing meat? Nothing but bones. <laughs> Nothing but bones, man. Nothing but where's bones, meat man. At? She always laughs. She's like, <laughs> I dug in there a little bit earlier. Just, yeah, yeah, that's, it's a good time. I love it. I, I love that, man. So when are we going to Jamaica again, gents? It's been, I was there for New Year's 2022. have not been there in about a little over a year. So wow. I'm kind of overdue for a trip this time. No. So let me know when you're ready. <laughs> yeah. I'm, well, it's definitely I'm a bucket now, list for me, man. Actually, yeah, exactly. Oh, you haven't been? <laughs> I've we never been. 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 Come on, Chris. What are you doing, man? You got to bring your buddy here. <laughs> I try, but Mel is a busy guy, you know. Oh. I mean, you know, but but us going now that would be a show. The that three of be. us going I'm to down. Jamaica, oh, touring Jamaica, <laughs> and interviewing jerk chefs and doing the whole thing would be awesome. Yeah, I've always, I mean, you know, going to Jamaica and trying to go, especially Westmoreland Parish, you're going out into mm-hmm. town downtown. 
behind the grill and yep. finding uh, the best Jamaican jerk spots and and the ones that literally you hear this all the time you're like yeah 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 everybody says that yeah but there'll be like drum cookers just on the side yep. of the road that the taxi yep. cab guy will be like that's where you go we're gonna go there yep. and you just sit there and they're cooking over and all those thoughts are going in your head as like a, mm-hmm. you know a lily white American I'm like is this gonna be safe and all that stuff he's like it's fine it's fine it's fine and you eat it yeah. and it's such an amazing experience you can drink the red yes. stripe and you're like ah oh, this is what life is all about well, this, so yeah a little white rum too maybe if you're if you're interested too but like yeah. that's where the best that's where the best jerk chicken is the further you get away yeah. from you know the touristy areas the resorts the hotels the better it's going to be and like you said man where the taxi cab drivers or the locals eat those little off the cut, very inconspicuous little drums. They hollow out like repurposed, you know, oil drums. Clean it out, obviously, first. Uh, but those are the best, man, where you have the pimento wood, like, you know, about six inches from it. Yeah. You know, you put a little shingle over that, man, and that smell, that aroma, it's just intoxicating. Like, remember those Pepe Le Pew cartoons? Oh, yep. uh, yeah. You know, where like he'd yeah. smell the perfume and like he just yeah. kind of like he would just floats like, in the air. <laughs> it's that kind of, it's, it's that kind of thing. It's, it's the that best. Thing. It's the best. Yeah. I got to go to Jamaica <laughs> now. And when you said about the rum, Mel, let me yeah. tell you about this. They do not play around with the rum in Jamaica. No. They have this stuff nope. overproof rum, which nope. is like 150 proof. And then the first time I went to Jamaica, I learned the lesson the hard way. It was New Year's Eve, and they were all like, let's do the show. You know, everything in Jamaica <laughs> is named Bob Marley, right? Because yep. of Bob Marley, yep. right? And they're like, let's do these shots, Bob Marley's. I'm like, okay. And it's these three different types of overproof rum, a red, yellow, and green, because it's the colors of Jamaica. Yep. And so you look at this drink, and you're like, holy shit, this is going to be good and tasty like a fruity you know shot you drink it no it's red yellow and green that's about as fruity as it gets it's just 150 proof three yeah. different types of rums that are red yellow, and, green. Yeah. and you drink the stuff and like i was clean shaven before i did the shot and grew a beard immediately i mean yeah. the second that the alcohol hit my system it aged me three years i was like i was like oh boy it's yeah. no joke Oh, I love it. That's the sound of good rum. Yeah, Instant, yeah it's instant a great beer. rum. Before this, I just had a little mustache. <laughs> right. You were on that guy, dude. He had sleeves. He's No, I, I am. the pudding, man. But. I'm a huge fan of the Jamaican rum. I am a huge fan. I love the just the, yeah, the palate of it all together is always uh-huh. been. So that's definitely a bucket list stop for me. Uh, my neighbor always tells me, he's like, there's nothing crazier than going early morning yeah. up into the hills, yeah. grabbing something, a piece of fruit right off of the tree and just standing there and just biting into yeah. it with that view and the, just the mist, everything is yeah. just perfect. He's like, you'll, you won't beat that. So I trust him. It's he, a beautiful place, man. He, I'm giving you, I'm giving you two years to go to Jamaica. 100%. That's your timeline. Yep. So what is it now? April, April 4th. Yep. You got till April 4th, 2025 to make it happen, Mel. Done. Right. Tick, I'm, tick, I'm locking tick, it tick, in tick, right now, Mel. I've got, got, got to be, <laughs> I've got to be with you when you go to Jamaica for the first time. One hundred percent. Let's do it. We're just, we're let's, just. Let's make it a trip. Let's make it a trip. We're just one click so away, baby. So Jamaica, Bergen County, Le Cordon uh-huh. Bleu. Why don't you kind of yes. weave the tale about how you go from chefy parents and in that life to uh-huh. New Jersey to that drove your passion to go to Atlanta to seek mm-hmm. your fame and fortune in the culinary world. Yeah, man. So like, you know, long story short, um, you know, Jamaicans, we, we love to eat, drink, dance, have yeah. a good time. And just, I remember some of my fondest memories growing up were always surrounded around food because food is joy, you know, food is happiness. And, you know, like I said, my mom's one of 13. 
dad's one of nine. And everybody kind of congregated in New Jersey. So, you know, uh, my aunts and uncles had like, you know, five, six, eight, ten kids. Their kids have like three, four kids. So imagine like these gatherings of like 80 to like 120, sometimes 150, 200 in one place, you know, sandwiched into a house or in a backyard or sometimes you'd rent out VFWs because there was so much of us. And everybody in some capacity in my family can cook. And just being exposed to those flavors, those varieties of food, being in the tri-state area, which you could pretty much get anything in New Jersey, New York, Italian, Japanese, French, Thai, sushi, Korean barbecue, and just being exposed to all of that. I've always loved food, and actually one of the first things I ever made was French toast when I was five years old, and I didn't burn it, and it tastes pretty good, so I was like, okay. I guess I can kind of do that. So mom was a chef at a nursing home and dad was a chef at a, a villa for nuns. So they'd always bring me to work every once in a while and just kind of seeing them take these raw ingredients and feed two, 300 people and just the admiration and love they got. Uh, just seeing that, I guess, subliminally, that kind of planted a seed in my head. And my very first job, I was 12 years old or 13 years old, and I worked as a room service attendant at the Radisson Hotel in Inglewood, New Jersey on Route 4. Do you remember that, Chris, that place, oh, yeah. Radisson on Route 4? Okay, oh, yeah. so I worked there, very first job. And since then, I've just kind of worked in every single position, literally, in hospitality, where after that, I served, I barbacked, I was a bartender. Um, and just worked every front of the house position, moved to Atlanta. I was 21, and my cousin was working here at the time. He was at this restaurant called Justin's. And Justin's was Sean P. Diddy, Puff Daddy, whatever he's going by these days, but Diddy's <laughs> restaurant. Right. And in there you'd see every Falcons player, every Hawks player, rappers, actors, the whole right. nine. And I'm 21. You know, I don't know about you guys. When I was 21, I was girl crazy. <laughs> so came down. And I was like, man, there are so many beautiful women. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to move down here. <laughs> my cousin was like, no, you're not. I'm like, listen, I'm going to move down. So it's my 21st birthday, February 23rd, 2003. And I moved down, packed my little cherry red Mustang up and moved down to Atlanta. And I was bartending. So I'm trying to figure out my next step, bartending. And I'm like, you know what? I don't want to bartend forever. I've always liked cooking. So I was sitting watching TV one day. And I saw a commercial for Le Cordon Bleu. And it said, Le Cordon Bleu, realize your culinary dreams. <laughs> and I was like one of those kind of aha moments, like a light bulb kind of went <laughs> off on my head. So I checked the campus <laughs> out. I took a tour. And I was hooked. And, and the rest was history, man. So, you know, prior to that, uh, the words David Rose, scholar, academia, great grades, uh, oil, and, oil and water. They did not mix. No. But I tell you, when I started going to culinary school, I absolutely loved it. Uh, we had a uh, different type of meat butcher classes where we broke down whole pigs, whole sides of cows. Uh, we had guard manger classes where it's like cold side of cooking, where it's like old school stuff like aspics and mousses and stuff like that. We're carving ice, uh, baking, um, wine and alcohol knowledge, literally everything you need to know to be an accomplished chef, uh, as well as the business I learned. And I graduated summa cum laude, top of my class, and just the rest is history. And my very first job was at the Four Seasons Hotel. This is a full circle moment. Yep. Four Seasons Hotel. And I was there for about a year. 
And I didn't feel inspired, just very kind of, you know, run of the mill, very basic kind of food and just very redundant. So I gave it a year and I told my chef, I was like, chef, I love cooking. I thank you for the opportunity. But I think at this point, I'm going to go out, venture out and cater and personal chef and do my own thing. And I remember this conversation like it was yesterday. He said, if you leave now, this will be the single biggest mistake of your entire culinary career. Just yeah. like that, verbatim. Yep. And I said, chef, with all due respect, I'm going to have to disagree with you. Yep. So I ventured out, started doing my own thing. Uh, different football players, different athletes, lawyers. And I went back to Cordon Bleu to kind of, you know, do some demos, give back to the kids. And at the time, Big Green Egg was doing a, uh, a relationship sort of a uh, kind of externship using interns and stuff like that. So I kind of had a uh, just a passing encounter, went to the original location, not too far. It was like right. two blocks from the Cordon Bleu yep. in Tucker, Georgia. Yep. And I was like, you know, I, I'd love to like kind of, you know, uh, learn more about this big green egg. And like, you know, you taste that first bite. I think we all remember oh. our first bite off the egg. It's yep. like your mind explodes, your taste buds you know, the magic that it creates. I think it was ribs and pulled pork. And I was like, I need one of these. <laughs> and we started doing events together, uh, became a culinary instructor. And I was at Oktoberfest 2020, 2013, 2013. Yeah. And I saw my executive chef and I was there. We're in the little VIP section. And, you know, it was the Big Green Egg Lifestyle Magazine. Right. And I had a big spread, big two-page spread. And he had a little tiny itty bitty spread, like, you know, two pages yeah. after. So I saw him and all he could do was laugh. And he was like, you know what? You were right. <laughs> right. <laughs> you made me eat my words. And since then, I didn't need uh, the acknowledgement or confirmation. But, you know, yeah. uh, it did definitely pay off. And now you see all these years me leaving led to this, yeah. you know, so always been on yourself. And Wait a minute, show that me. again, David, yeah. because you you show oh. that book again because you had your hand over your again, face, that pretty David face. Rose there you go. The big green egg. Oh, Look at that. Oh, Fidella Snapper. You, you know, so, you know, always been on yourself, man. My dude, always been on yourself. Never stay in somebody else's shadow. You got to go out, do your own thing, venture out. Discover what your calling is. Discover what's important to you. Discover your style of food. And by me leaving, I did that, you know? So uh, food is great, man. It's the common denominator. And I just love food, the power that food has, uh, the power that food can bring, the sense of community. You know, we're here right now because of food. Yeah. So uh, I made the right choice, I think. 100%, man. That's And it's something neat that you said in there. I, I'm hoping a few of our listeners pick up. Yeah. <laughs> when you felt comfortable, you, yeah. you knew it was time to move. Yeah. And that's a beautiful thing, man, because that's, you know, the wild is calling for everybody now. This is a, this is a neat mm -hmm. thing. It's when you're sitting there and everything's kind of the same, you know, it's time to grow again. Right. And that's, yeah. that's awesome, man. That's, that's beautiful. You touched on that, brother. I love that. Thanks, man. I, I, I appreciate that, Melon. Like, you know, with my career, like I'm always trying to constantly evolve. If you're staying still, you're 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 going backwards. So like always forward, always figuring out how to raise that level, how to you know venture out, how to innovate, and just kind of you know do it better and just you know be your best self every single day. That's it, man. That's, so we we have to jump in here because I'm a big fan, um, and and I, yeah. I never even would have would have seen them if it weren't for you. Talk about yeah. your relationship with Omaha Steaks. 
Cause those, yeah, those yeah, are... man. Omaha steaks. It actually goes back to when I was eight years old. Uh, that very first steak I had was uh, Omaha steaks filet mignon. And back then, they'd go door to door selling it, yep. you know, like yeah. in the back of the truck or the van. And um, I, I loved it. My dad, he's kind of old school. Jamaicans don't really kind of venture into the rare, medium rare kind of food things. And even at eight, it was well done. It tasted great. But I was like, it tastes good. But this texture, I don't know about this texture. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it wasn't a properly cooked steak even then. Yep. Um, but it's amazing. I've been with Omaha Steaks. I've been with them since uh, October yep. of 2020. So yep. three years now. Yep. And uh, it was great where it was a very organic type of relationship where it was built where uh, the new CEO came aboard, new president, yep. and uh, he was trying to shake things up. And he's like, you know, we've had executive chefs in the past, but we never had a spokesperson or a face or a guide to kind of take these people hands, yep. you know, and show them and guide them. OK, you had the steak. You have the fish. You have the poultry. You have whatever. I'm going to show you how to make it. And it's right. been amazing. Right, you can touch so many people through social media, through TV, through commercials, through morning shows, through food, and um, I'm excited about the next couple of years of them as well. Um, so it's great, man, and it's fun. It's exciting portfolio we have, the R and D I do, the recipe creation, the content building, and it just kind of warms my heart because so many people reach out to the company and slide in my DMs and just tell me thank you so much. And and that, you know, more than the money, more than the, the fame or whatever, you know, that's why I do it, you know, touching people and, and making their life better. Because, you know, a lot of people are intimidated by cooking. The simple act of turning a stove on or a grill on, it just like people start to bust out the sweats and they start right. to break down and just like shake and tremble. But it's not that hard. As long as you know these basics, yep. you know, you could venture off and, and customize and, you know, make things yourself. And I always say this with any recipe. A lot of people, when they cook something, they say, I follow the recipe step by step, but it doesn't taste like yours. Make the food how you like it. So if you like something spicier, add, you know, some, you know, some scotch bonnets, add habaneros, add poblanos. If you like something a little sweeter, maybe a little pinch of brown sugar. If you like something, you know, a little more herbaceous, you know, oregano, rosemary, you know, make it yours. So use that as a template, but make it suited to your taste buds. Yep. That's what I'd say about that. Awesome. Man, I need to record that and have that as my ringtone. That's that was it. Like, <laughs> so well said. I'll allow it. I was <laughs> like, hello. <laughs> yeah. If you wanted herbaceous, add some. I'm like, wow. I, <laughs> I was just, I didn't I'm want that to that. stop. I felt like I was all getting tucked into bed, getting a bedtime story. I was like, oh, I love it. Oh, keep <laughs> talking to me, Dave. Yes, yes, chef. Yes, chef. Yes, chef. Yes, chef. Next, that's the next. That's great. That is great. <laughs> yes, like, I like that. <laughs> I'll, I'll have. What yeah, that's yeah. The one. That's the one. yeah no don't don't <laughs> yeah, even food start makes me that excited. food makes all of us excited and the great thing about it is like i knew very early on like me sitting in a cubicle day in day out was not for me yeah. and you know the plate is our palate we get to create and be as you know ingenious and innovative as we want to and you know there is no ceiling you could go as high as you want and as far and as wide and as vast as your mind can take you and your taste buds can take you. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. I saw a awesome. funny TikTok somebody sent me yesterday. 
how you could tell what a chef did before they started cooking by the way they put their purees <laughs> on the plate. Have you seen that one? You know, they're like, the I have for- not. Send me that, please. <laughs> yeah, it's hilarious. They're like the former wallpaper, you know, and they do this, you know, the the <laughs> the the chef who who creates their own specials and makes everybody miserable, and they're doing the puree. It's really hilarious. Yeah, it's good. Uh-huh. So, yeah, yeah. I, it, before Mel jumps back in, I have to ask one question that I know everybody wants to ask, but they're afraid, and because I mean, uh, Mel should probably ask this because uh-huh. he's further away, and I'm sort of yeah. close to you in Florida here. But yeah. when, like, when you went to Atlanta and you were bartending mm-hmm. at that place, yeah. were you already swole, or did you? I mean, what what's what's your swole game? When did that begin? When did you start getting all big, David Rose? What was your turning point there? What was <laughs> the, the, the motivation? You got yeah. Where, <laughs> what was your swole up. game? I mean, like literally, um, ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you: when we first started the pre-interview, when he was in the green yeah. room, his shirt was a normal shirt, and then he literally <laughs> went to grab a cigar, and his sleeves just popped right off his like shirt. I don't know how he does it. Look at him; he's swolled up. Now I'm gonna go hide in the corner while he answers his question so he doesn't like swole me down down you know you know what's funny and and if you don't believe y'all send you pictures i used to be really skinny kid like super skinny like lollipop skinny where it was all head and like a stick figure body (laughs) and you know i'm the i'm the baby i'm the baby brother so i got hazed i got my ass whooped by my brothers were like you know for no reason you know because i i shared a room with the brother yep and I was a big video game back then. I had Nintendo and Sega Genesis. Yeah. And I'd be playing, hanging out, doing my thing. He'd come in, and he'd be like, turn the game off. I'd be like, no, I got, I got one more level. He'd punch me in my stomach or push me <laughs> right. for no reason. So I was right. like, you know, I turned 16, and I was like, enough is enough. Uh, I'm going to work out. And, you know, it started out with arms, uh, yeah. arms, doing curls. Yeah. And, like, I had a little baby Popeye bump. And a girl was like, are you working out? After that, I was hooked. <laughs> I got a gym membership, started working out, starting hitting heavy. Yep. And that very first summer, I started out, I was 135. From June to September, I put on 30 pounds. I'm wow. talking about I was working out two a days. Uh, I'd eat like a big meal, big protein shake, and then go right to bed. And I was skinny, so all I had to go, there was nowhere to go but up after right. that. So I've been working out for 16 years. I'm 41 now. So I've been working out. Uh, for more of my life that I've not been working out, yep. huh. you know, and uh, you know, a lot of kids say like, okay, man, I'm gonna work out and look like you next year. Yep. You can try; it probably won't happen. <laughs> uh, but I've been at this for a very long time. Um, but I've been this size uh, probably since I was like early 20s. There you go. And over COVID, I got too big. I was too muscular. I couldn't fit any clothes. <laughs> I could see it a lot in my face. So I went from like 250 at my biggest to 225, and I'm leaner. I feel healthier. Uh, I'm not lifting those heavy weights at my biggest. I was benching 500 for two. I was deadlifting 600, curling 225, doing 110 dumbbells, but I was always in pain. So I think at this point in my life, I'm at my healthiest version of me. Uh, and I think just finding your healthiest version of you was the, the the advice I have for anybody. Don't try to be like anybody aesthetically or, you know, look at a magazine and have, you know, uh, these expectations of doing X, Y, Z, and the third. Try and work on the healthiest version of you. No, nope. I remember in 2019 at Oktoberfest, and Rob's like, "Oh, you want to go meet yeah. Chef David Rose?" I'm like, "No, no, no. Should, do, I, do I take my shirt off, or like, what's the what's the appropriate 
you know, do I approach them from the east or do I go low ground or what do I do here? Like this is. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was about like 245, 248 right there. Yeah. Yeah, you, you come around the corner and chef's cooking and he just does this and then the egg opens. He doesn't even open the egg with his arms. He just does a flex and the egg opens. It's afraid. It looks at him. It's like, okay, I'll open up. It doesn't, he doesn't need to burp the egg at all. He just, he just power, you know. It's customary for me to not wear sleeves at Oktoberfest. That's yeah, exactly. No, no I, sleeves. I, I saw I <laughs> saw a few of his morning segments where he just did a little flick it, and and the <laughs> the onions would just peel themselves. It was hilarious. Just it's crazy. Did you? So you've been on Good Morning America. Have you been with Strahan? Oh, yeah. The first time I was on there, actually, uh, about four or five years ago. And I'm a New York Giants fan. Okay. Very unabashed, very unashamed to say that. Okay. Hardcore New York Giants fan. And uh, Gronkowski was there. I had no idea he was there. Okay. So I was doing the recipe. And here he comes through. Big ball of energy. <laughs> uh, just very affable guy. And like he comes in. We do a chest bump. I'm feeding him. We're hanging out, talking. And I'm like, I'm a Giants fan. I don't want to like you. I shouldn't like you. <laughs> I kind of like you. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of like you. So that was my first foray into there. And I don't know. I forgot. I don't recollect exactly. But somehow, me, Strahan, and Gronkowski were sitting down eating. And the subject of <laughs> diarrhea came up. So you got me and Gronkowski <laughs> no. talking about diarrhea and bowel movements on GMA. <laughs> yeah. And ever since then, they always invite me back. That's awesome. <laughs> That's great. Right. That's <laughs> well, I, but yeah, man, that was my first foray in there. So I, I got I got one question for you, David, because uh-huh. myself, right, trying to cut down a bit, living a better life, yeah. eating a bit healthier. <laughs> I'm, I'm a, stop it. I am stop it, huh? Chris. So, anyways, I'm on the road a lot, right? How do you yeah. find the time to to be able to keep this up? Man, you gotta you gotta make the time, man. I think people a lot of times, me included. Uh, sometimes say, uh, I'm busy, I'm on the road, I can't find time. So every hotel, for the most part, yep. has some type of gym there. And more times than not, it's 24-7. So just making the time yep. and holding yourself accountable. We're saying, okay, it might not be an ideal gym situation, but I'm going to keep moving. Yep. Whether it be a treadmill, whether it be you know those little 30-pound dumbbells, you know doing some you know bench presses, doing some curls. You know, even in your hotel room, push-ups, sit-ups, yep. uh, bands, they have all types of mobile, you know, weight systems and workout systems. So just making time. And if it's something that's a priority for you, people are going to make time. Yep. Saying I'm busy, that's not an no, excuse. Exactly. If you want to do something, come hell or high water, you'll do something. You know, when your wife, when you were dating her, you could be busy, you know, but you're going to make time yep. because you're like, you know what? She's awesome. She's hot. I see her as my future. Yeah. I'm going to make a way out of some way. So you're going to find a way to make it happen. Yep. There you go. I love the way he said little 30 pound weights. I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) I like, I'm like, that's a really big, heavy day for me when I'm curling 30 pound dumbbells. I'm like, Oh, those little 30 pounders. And then I like, I sat up straight. I was like, yeah, those little 30 pounders. Yeah. Those Uh wimpy weights, you know? Mm. So I gotta know, does your, you know, I know you've got a fancy new apron out. Do they have to, make like the big swole version that fits over you i mean how do they no, fit that apron over big great. david rose so so funny you say that yes this is the apron uh, right here. Is, you uh, came prepared look at that thing for me for me and dr right there and we yeah. went back and forth as far as the design they're like should we put david rose and i was like no chefs don't like wearing other chefs names on them I'm like, the DR will suffice. Uh, But this is iteration number 11. Uh, We actually started this journey back in 
2017, 18. And I wanted to do it right. Because if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it right. I'm not going to put any BS out there or a subpar product. So with this right here, the great thing about it is uh, it's heat resistant. Yep. The fabric right here is flame resistant to a degree. Don't put it on the fire on the grill. But if you're right. standing next to the fire, you won't feel it. It has uh, a three-way, 360 kind of stretch where it gives and doesn't matter how out of shape or in shape you are, when you <laughs> put this on, you just go ahead, put it on like this. Okay. All right. And it just fits like a uh, glove on your body and just really kind of molds to your physique. And the great thing about it is, you know, with straps on aprons, who wants to tie and untie and tie and untie? Yeah, Actually, back here, I was like, you know what? How about a magnet? Yep. So right here, yep. you got the magnet. Just like that. Oh. The patch is right there. Just like that. Ready? Take that off. Yep. And I made this specifically for grilling. It's thin. It's heat resistant. It looks good. And the stains get out very, very easy, very quickly. So this is everything a grill lover, a barbecue lover, a chef, or anybody who likes to cook. I thought very methodically, long and hard about it, and I'm very proud of it. And the company I partner with is Vormi. So you can find this on the Vormi website. And it's something I'm very proud of Yep. that had a lot of thought and thoughtfulness put into it. And if you fancy yourself a grill lover, you need that in your arsenal. That's awesome. Can you use that magnet with poultry? <laughs> <laughs> with what now? Poultry? Poultry. I mean, because I, when, I, I when you're wearing so. it, it's obviously a chick magnet. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I walked right into that one. You might, you might be able to. Oh. I'm gonna look into that. I, I think with you guys, uh, you come on now. Just... Now, when the producer <laughs> yeah. purposely comes on just to say "boo," you know you hit a home run right there. That's our, that's our social media clip right there, people. That is a that's dad a, joke. That's dad that joke is the daddest of dad one, jokes. I'll, I'll take it. That's the I'll one. take it. I'll take it. I love it. Yes, <laughs> but I, I love it, man. I, I I love food and just like the places it brings you yep. and the places it's brought me. You know, food brought us together. So um. I'm I'm very excited and proud to promote that and talk about that and have that out for you know purchase. Awesome, yeah. No, that that's yeah, that that's is awesome. Fantastic. So this this brings us to the next little segment here. Um, yeah. What's what's next for Chef David Rose? What are we going to be seeing coming down the pipes with you? Well, there is a lot, man. Well, uh, right now we're in the beginning talks and conversations about some potential product lines within the Omaha Steak brand. So um, I, I'm definitely looking forward to that and cultivating that and brainstorming that with them and seeing what that might look like, uh, whether it be spices, rubs, sauces, stuff like that. Um, uh, I think... At this juncture, I think I am in the. Uh, I'm ready to start the next cookbook. As Chris can attest to, it's uh, a lot of work when it comes to the cookbook. A lot of tasting, a lot of grilling, a lot of planning, a lot of writing. And the crazy thing, as sure as Buddha can attest this as well, is that you know the cooking. I was like, okay, the cooking is probably going to be uh, the most laborious part, and you know, time you know consuming part. Uh, but the writing, uh, making it thoughtful making the anecdotes great, people can relate to, um, was a lot. And I wanted this book to be completely me. So everything in the book, if you know what book you're talking about, if you're just tuning in right now, Egan, um, recipes, forward, uh, introduction, tips, tricks is all from my fingers. And I want it to be wholly me. So I think this year I'm going to start on the next one and congrats on your second book as well, Buddha. Um, 
I, I'm thinking potentially uh, a children's book as well because I enjoy writing. I enjoy writing a lot. And uh, there are some TV things happening right now I can't discuss, but when I can discuss them, I'd love to come back on and tell you about that. I'm hoping right now, talking to NBC and Macy's about coming back and being on the 4th of July celebration again as well. And uh, there's some cool things percolating with Big Green Egg too. So uh, there is a lot out there, but as soon as they come to the fruition, to the forepoint, where the ink is dried on the paperwork, I will fill you guys in. But always something going on. Always something going on. I love it, man. I, I absolutely Thank love you. it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank yep. you, gents. I appreciate it. Yep. What about you guys? Well, there's... What do you have going on? Talk to me. <laughs> what's, what's, what's new in Mel and Chris's worlds? Always busy. Always busy. Just yes. from, from one day to the next. Travel, right? Seeing stuff, doing mm-hmm. stuff. Next stop is Buddha's place. We're going, we're all going to be meeting up at uh, Buddha's place for his book release for number two. Yeah. We're very excited it. for that. It's going to be one, one heck of a party there. So it's uh, all, always a blast and it's always a blessing. Anytime I get to spend any kind of time in person with my man Buddha and yeah. uh, we, we cook every single minute of every single day, which is always so much fun. Yeah. Man, I, I I love that, man. You know, I, I love the friendship. I can see the love. I'm loving the bromance right here. Yep. I'm here for it. Yep. Yep. It's a big I'm, I'm bromance. The only problem is, is that he's in Canada and I'm all the way down here huh? in Florida. So that doesn't at all. But we're trying to get Mel. Mel is, is targeting. I think Phoenix may now be an option. Mm-hmm. California, you ruled oh, out. But really? Texas or Florida was your number one mm-hmm. and number two with the Te- bullet. We're trying to get him to move down to Florida. I want to open up a place down here with Mel. And uh, that's the... That is awesome. That would be cool. Yeah, I, uh, Dude, come on down, man. Would it be like, uh, would work dictate where you went or just wherever you want to go? You can just kind of drop a pin and go. Uh, we're, we're, we're social media now, man. Work is wherever it takes me. This is it. This yeah. is, uh, yes. Entrepreneurship. <laughs> yes. I'm here for it, sir. That's it. it as soon as you, here for as it. soon as you feel comfortable, right? It's time to move again. Uh-huh. That's, that's yeah. time to bounce. Yeah. Yes, sir. Come it. on down, brother. Come on down. <laughs> come on down to Florida. Cause I'd love to see, and I'd love to patronize year two's establishment so let's make that happen sooner than later 100 percent. no i i was i was getting pretty warm with atlanta for a little bit there man the first time i went to atlanta and i got out of that city of an airport you guys have yeah mm-hmm. i was like the cars man 30 inch rims on everything like i was just <laughs> and so then we're, we're driving around we went to augusta and there was a guy he had like yeah. a 1992 chev half ton that like rolled off the showroom floor and you could tell this old pops man he babied this thing since the day he bought it probably paid cash you know what i mean and that that part so the cars the bikes i'm i'm a huge fan of like car shows and stuff like that up here yeah and to see that level of yeah oh just awesome yeah they're not playing around hot lana man i I love it hot lana that's oh i love it man it's what made you kind of sidestep Atlanta? What happened? You could tell me. It stays here. What happened? Well, no, it just yeah. it's it's uh, I, I don't know. There's there's a lot of uh, a lot of buildings in Atlanta. There's a lot of downtown. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's a, yeah. yeah. I, I'm more of like a if I could be closer to a beach, maybe or you know like mm-hmm. Texas is like open fields, and yeah. Florida is like you know palm trees and then beach. It, it, that's nice. Yeah. That's I think if I moved away from my childhood home. It would uh-huh. have to be kind of like a dream spot, you know what I mean? If that makes any sense, right? So for me, it, it makes a, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I'm having this vision of Mel in that Bucky's outfit, the <laughs> yeah. Bucky's. Hold on, what now? <laughs> the Beaver. 
If you haven't seen that Buck when Mel was on the road uh, six months ago, he has this video of him in the Bucky's Beaver outfit and then walking through. So now I'm now I'm seeing Mel in that Bucky's outfit on on the back of Chef David's motorcycle riding around Atlanta. This is so no, no the hell you're not. So (laughs) especially while I'm on it, no. I'm going to be totally (laughs) honest with you. The first time Uh I wore a Bucky's outfit. Was in well, Daytona. It was in Daytona oh. on Bike Week. At Bike yeah. Week, yeah. And I walked uh-huh. out of the Bucky's in the Beaver outfit, and I walked uh-huh. past, and there was a couple of patch members in the parking lot, and there was a chopper, yeah. a raked-out chopper sitting there. Uh-huh. And Buddy's like, hey. And I hadn't changed yet. I was walking over to Captain Ron's car to change, right? And the big guy's like, hey, uh-huh. can you do me a favor and get on my bike for me? I'm like, pardon me? You're talking, you're talking to him, and he's like, the dude in the in the beaver outfit, can you get on my bike for me? Yes. And I was like, <laughs> man, I don't want no trouble here, you know what I mean? He's like, no, no, just, yeah. so I got on there, he took a picture, and then Ron took a picture of me, because mm. it's like Bike Week in Daytona. He's like, that's hilarious, yeah. I'm going to send this to the wife, and I'm like, well, tell her I'm actually Canadian, too, so the irony is that I'm in a beaver <laughs> outfit in Daytona for the first time, and he just, he laughed so hard, he cried, man, it was awesome. So, that yeah, there's- funny. There's a picture of me, the big ape hangers, the whole nine yards sitting in a beaver outfit. <laughs> and all right, our, all right. Two our, things, two things. Right. Number one, send me those pictures, yep, please. I, Number two, <laughs> give me the backstory. Why, why A, were you in the Bucky's outfit? And why, B, have you been in it multiple times? <laughs> so much to unpack and unload and explain here. Well, it's, please. So if you're ever on the road with Mel, I like to have fun. Uh-huh. And this was my first time in a Bucky's. Okay. And I just went insane. I've never seen anything like that in my entire sure. life. So I was up here, yeah. down here, over here, every whatever. And the mm-hmm. lady's like, if you think that's crazy, we have a full-size grown-up man's beaver outfit. I'm like, no, you don't. And then two seconds later, it was on me, and I was walking out the door, because that's just how that <laughs> kind of stuff happens, right? So you uh, bought it. The 100% I bought it. That was it. Yeah. That was <laughs> and it. uses it. <laughs> and, and, yeah. Appropriately, I, I use, appropriately uses it. That was, sure. I was standing there with the cashiers and I'm like, you're not looking at my tail, uh-huh. are you? Because I got a little beaver tail on it, right? And I'm flicking it around at them and they're like, you are just cute as a button. I'm like, yeah, that's yeah. it. It's, uh, yeah. It's a good time. Yeah. It's a good time, dude. I'm waiting to see this. I cannot wait to see that. That is worth the price of admission for talking to you guys today. That's is, the one. is that right there? So thank you for that little gem. <laughs> no problem. No problem. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have a lot of fun when we're together out on the road. So. <laughs> I love that, man. It keeps you young. Exactly. You know, I think when you stop having fun, that's when you feel older. Yeah. You know, and I think I'm one of those guys, like one of those old guys, just messing around with the neighborhood kids and playing practical jokes and chasing with my wheelchair, just playing around. Yep. You know, yep. I'm gonna be that guy. Yeah. Exactly. So you know, I am I an old it. guy, and I can tell you what: living young is the only thing that that that's the only yeah. option. That's that's yep. it. Living yes. young is yep. the only option. Now, as long as living young winds up about 9.30 with a warm glass of milk and a comfortable bed and, you know, my incense burning and a good night's sleep, then then I'm living young up until that 9.30 point. But up until then, I'm living really solidly young. Let me just be sure that I tell everybody. I was about to say you're not old, Chris, but... That sounded kind of old. It sounds old. Well, here's what's really funny. So not many people know this about me. Well, I guess they do, Uh but I also play music. So, And uh, I was playing a gig a couple weeks ago on the night of the time change, right? As the time sprung forward. Uh And as I'm performing on stage, 
my watch started to play literally on stage in front of a group of people, an audience full of people. It started to play a bedtime chime bedtime? and remind me, Chris, yes. you're getting close to bedtime. You need to prepare for bedtime. <laughs> so I, I was like, I was well. embarrassed. And I looked out at the audience and I was like, oh my God, this is how old I am. My watch is telling me to go to bed. But this time tomorrow night, it'll be 11 o'clock and I'll be very cool. I'll be up till 11 o'clock. So yeah, that's pretty much how I'm aging out of this stuff, gentlemen. When, when I- Chris, I'm going to give you a bit of advice. If anything you take from this interview, take this. <laughs> Never do that again, and never tell anybody that <laughs> That's story. <again>. <laughs> <laughs> That's my advice That's a, to you. If you hear I hear anything you, dude. Else, I hear you, man. Hear and Jordan's gonna edit all of this out. It'll never see the light of day. No, we'll leave it in this one. Yeah, but going yeah we'll do. We'll yeah, but again. going forward, we'll it'll never. There'll Jordan, be no history cool. of this on cool. the internet at all. So we're fair. When I when I set this thing to my bedtime, like my actual bedtime, yeah. it literally told me it was unhealthy. It it was like I I don't want really? to set that for you. That's not a good idea. That's <laughs> it does that. <laughs> Oh, yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy what this thing does. Hey, here's a true story. Our neighbors. Uh Okay. This is a totally true story about an Apple Watch, and I am no way affiliated or promoting Apple Watch (laughs) at all, but this is a true story. All right. The neighbors went to one of these, um, you know, the big, the cold ice bath is the big deal right now. You take the cold plunge and do like the 56 degree Mm -hmm. ice bath and stuff. So they went and took this clinic or health seminar or something where they did the cold plunge and then they did a hot plunge so they did this off and on for this rejuvenating thing and they were like ah we really like it we're gonna try it at home so they went at home and they got in their hot tub and then they got in their pool it was a cool night here in florida and they were doing that for these health benefits then they went in to go get ready for bed and all that stuff and she put on her apple watch to get ready for bed and the apple watch detected that she was having an a heart arrhythmia Oh, and the no. Apple Watch started going bzz, 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 buzzing and was like, you are having a heart arrhythmia. You need to go to the emergency room yeah. right now. She called the yeah. ambulance, went to the emergency room. Lo and behold, was having a heart arrhythmia. That Apple Watch, so whatever the cold, hot thing was for her, it put her mm-hmm. heart in a weird rhythm. The watch mm-hmm. detected it, and it saved her life. Literally a true story that happened two weeks ago. That's insane. Look at that. That's insane. Man, you can hear is, the keyboards right clicking right now, ordering Apple Watches. Uh, yeah. Thank you. I get no, <laughs> I get no payment they, from Apple. They owe you a royalty check. They, they owe me a royalty check. check for that one. That's, That's for sure. And, and while you're at it, cut me and Mel one, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. These eggs are hot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm paying $10 for a dozen eggs. That's, yes. That's it. That's it. <laughs> I love it. Uh, where Where is everybody going to find you? Mr. Chef David. All right. You can find me on all platforms. You can find me on Instagram. I'm very active on there, probably the most. Uh, Chef David Rose. That's C-H-E-F-D-A-V-I-D-R-O-S-E. Chef David Rose on Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, even though I don't really use Twitter that much. I can't figure Twitter out that much. But Chef David Rose, you can find everywhere. And you can find Egan wherever fine books are sold, as well as Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, everywhere. Don't look too hard. If you can't find it, slide in my DMs. I'll tell you where. Might send you a copy. There you go. And it, trust me, this is, it's a good one. It's a good one. Thank you, sir. Thank you. David, thank you very much for joining us today, man. This, is, you, this man. has been this amazing. This is awesome. This has been awesome. Yep. The pleasure is all mine. Thank you much for, so much for having me. I appreciate you guys. I appreciate the time. I appreciate the love we all share for food, especially the egg. And uh, it was an absolute pleasure. So thank you, too. Right on, brother.
You are the man, Chef David, and I cannot wait to see you hopefully sooner. Yep. But we'll definitely see sooner you at Oktoberfest 2023, which is now what? Six months away, seven That's months it. away. Six can't months believe away. This year is Time's ticking. So We're fast. here. Tickets should be going on sale this summer. Let's make it happen, guys. I'm excited. I'm ready. <laughs> and cannot wait to do it again and see you too. Those two beautiful months. Great right on, brother. Thank you very much. That was freaking awesome, dude. Chef David is an amazing, was an amazing guest. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, he's he's always a good time, man. He's always always bringing the heat, which I absolutely love. So speaking of heat, where were you at this last weekend? Yeah, where were you? New Orleans. I went to uh, cook for this uh, festival. I'm sure you know of it because it's becoming one of the big names in barbecue right now, Hogs for the Cause. That's the one right it's there. It's a very similar style event to Memphis in May, meaning the layout, the turn-in, the difference between Memphis in May and Hogs for the Cause is all of the competitive teams, all of the teams that are there are also vending because the overall goal for Hogs for the Cause is to raise as much money possible for pediatric cancer. So you have these incredible competition barbecue teams there and doing all of that, like we've seen at these big events that you and I go to. But in addition to cooking and focusing on their turn-in boxes, they're also hosting and they have these big parties and that are open to the public, unlike Memphis and Maine that are closed. You have to know these teams. They're open to the public and they're selling booths and they're selling food. So some of these booths were insane how cool they were. You walked in, it was like being at a restaurant. Um, So that's where I was. Big Green Egg was one of the sponsors. Uh, They had a setup in the VIP area, much like Memphis in May, and I was cooking an array of Snake River Farms products for the lucky attendees at the Boss Hog VIP tent uh, for Big Green Egg. It was a great weekend. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I saw the pictures. Looked like you guys were having just an absolute blast. So that's that's wicked, man. That's uh, yeah. It was great, and and you know, I don't know how to say this without making it awkward, but. It was weird doing one of these things without you. You're very used to doing these things without me. <laughs> I had to get it in. Uh, but I... but it was weird for me. To, it was like not having my right arm there. And uh, yeah. I, I literally had to like get myself into game shape because I'm so used to working with you and like what you do and I do and how we do it and what the thing is. And I essentially had – there were other people. There was Kevin Quigley, his wife, Leah, his best friend, Phil. And they were from like the local distributor down there. But they were in their own little zone. So they had their own food they brought and they had their own – and they were cooked. They were like proper Cajun-type cooks. So they were yep. cooking like jambalaya and these oysters and this miniere, you know, this like lemon yep. butter sauce and uh, the shrimp and all this stuff. So they were in their own swim lane. And I was in the swim lane that usually is the swim lane that you and I are in. But it was just yep. me by myself. So I had to do the whole show. And I felt like I, I, I held it down. I represent. Awesome. I, I mustered my very own dark side of the grill and was able to to manhandle and load up the big green eggs and, and throw down. So I would have made you proud, brother. It was a good right weekend. Right on, man. Right on. No, I know. I, I had some, some definite, definite FOMO because, you know, me in New Orleans, I love it down there. So it looked like quite the event. And I was, it I was is, missing you. you know, I was missing you a little bit. You know how you talk about Texas? Yeah. That's 
kind of how I feel about New Orleans. New Orleans is just the city that is me. Yep. I get it. Yep. Um, yep. The music, the food, the easygoing nature of everybody there. I mean, it is literally life is first people lead with life down there um and then everything else falls into place so it's you know they call it the big easy for a reason and every time i go there the music is insanely good and it just ticks my music boxes and yep. then uh and then the food and and the the booze and the people and the wine women and song it's just a, a town that is very inspiring to me so it was great i love it I absolutely love it. Well, that's awesome, man. I'm I'm so happy you had a good event on there. And I saw tons of people. I saw Anthony, I saw Tina, I saw a bunch of people. So that's wicked, man. That's 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 a good time. Yeah, Anthony, sure. he said to say hello. I was talking about the event that you were going to do the same weekend of my book release party, but it's been yep. pushed to November. I I need to somehow figure out how to get there or get into that, so Maybe yep. you can throw me a bone here, oh, yeah. dude. Like, yeah. you know. um, but he said to say hello, David Bonner from uh, Green Street Meets. Both of them, I asked them if they wanted to be guests on the show. Both are very into it. Uh, so, so we're, you know, people are lining up to want to be on the show and talk to us on After the Cook. Good. And, uh, you know, just have one little small story from New Orleans that really um, touched me tremendously on every facet it was just like one of those i can't believe i'm i'm you know like you and i are always like oh my god i can't believe we get to do this this was like the biggest one of those so this was hogs for the cause the emphasis on ratings raising money for pediatric brain cancer competition teams all over the place you know imagine memphis and may in new orleans is just like that yeah they have three stages a little teeny stage a second stage and then the big main stage our VIP area was right across from the main stage. So it's Friday morning. The festival opens up at, uh, I thought it was like 3 o'clock in the afternoon. So we're all there, you know, 9, 10 in the morning, getting ready, setting up, getting all the stuff together. We're doing all that. And right around 11, 30, 12 o'clock, I started hearing this song. And I was like, these people were playing on the main stage. But the festival wasn't open yet. And I was like, holy cow, that's Anders Osborne, who's a very famous blues the Louisiana type musician in, in the type of music scene that I like and playing Lafayette, one of my favorite Anders Osborne songs. So I was like, Holy cow. And I looked at Bob and I was like, Bob, can I go up? And he's like, yeah, we're just going to set up, get ready. So I walked up the stage. Well, they were sound checking. So it was Anders Osborne, George Porter Jr. Who's a famous bass player, New Orleans bass player. And it was Devin Allman, his band. So Greg Allman's son from the Allman brothers. And then, um, uh, it, it just was this amazing lineup of musicians that were the the main band that night, but they were there early sound checking. So I was literally having this private concert of some of my most favorite songs from some of my most favorite musicians in New Orleans, one of my favorite places on earth, cooking for Big Green Egg, my favorite cooker in the entire universe, with Bob Atkinson and these wonderful people. And we had a muffalata sandwich from Central oh. Grocery, which is like the most yes. famous sandwich from the yes. most from the original place. And Bob and I were just sitting there eating this muffalata, watching this band play Almond Brothers songs, and I just I just had a moment. I just yep. was very yep. grateful to be at that spot at that time. And and that sums up my weekend in New Orleans, that very oh, moment. It was that's awesome, like that man. all that's, weekend. So it was great. You had to throw the muffle out of in there, eh? That's, yeah. Oh. 
It was, and Bob had never had. Bob has been to New Orleans a bunch. He's been to like 13 jazz fests. He spent quite a lot of time in New Orleans, knows the city well. I don't think he's ever had a mufflada, or if he has, he hasn't had one from the Central Grocery. Regardless, it was a pretty fun experience for us to enjoy this big, giant sandwich sitting there watching this music as we were setting up. It was great. It was a wonderful weekend. Missed you, though, a lot. Well, there you go. I missed you too, brother. What happened with you about your Phoenix journey that we should all know? (laughs) <laughs> uh, Phoenix is wild, man. Phoenix is really wild. We ended up in uh, what they call the crack quarter of Phoenix. I don't know if that's a real yeah. thing, but uh, there was a Waffle House and a Denny's in the same parking lot as my hotel. And there's cages on everything because it's Phoenix in this quarter, right? And then uh, right across right. the street was what they call a a Castle Megastore. And for anybody that is not aware of Castle Megastore, it is a giant castle the size of Costco but it's full of adult toys. And I mean, scary adult toys, huge, huge, menacing looking adult toys <laughs> really freaked me out. And I put a bunch of stories up cause I couldn't believe it. And then a lady ran up to me and told me that I was not allowed to use camera because they have very prestigious customers in there and they do not want yes. to get caught on, on video. So I, I quit s- recording that, but, uh, lots of jokes and stuff. It was a good time. It's a good time. I bought some, uh, uh, furry handcuffs for the road, right? So that was good. Yeah, you got to have the furry the handcuffs. Div- Any shrunken heads that you... No, you wouldn't find... No, there was... I actually looked there, for... We went it. into... We went into... When we were walking around the French Quarter, there was a store that had all of that kind of stuff in there. And I was like, they've yes. got to have a thing like that. So I went in to try to get you a little gift because I missed Aww. you. And they didn't Aww. have any shrunken heads. They had lots of other this stuff, the- but not that. And, I love it, man. Yeah. yeah, I love it. So that that was it. I had tons of cigars and, and drinks in the hot tub and, you know, all of that stuff. And we went to a cigar bar, Trevor's Cigar Bar in Phoenix, and that was wild. I had a whole bunch of old fashions, and they had a, a huge wood-fired oven that they were cooking pizzas in, proper pizzas. So that was really yeah. tasty, but uh, I had I had a half a piece of pizza. <laughs> I, I try not to eat too much bread anymore, but I had to dig in and have the pizza, so. Did you go to like any of the famous restaurants there, like Bianca Pizzeria and with Chris Bianca and wait the three hours to get a piece of pizza and all that kind of stuff? I was with several chefs and we did nothing of the sort. We we met uh, Fat Kid Snacks. He's on Instagram, Fat Kid Snacks. We met him at a brewery with Kendrick Barbecue. He stopped by. So we got to hang out with Kendrick Barbecue for a bit. And then uh, Fat Kid Snacks invited us to his house. He's got a pool and a hot tub. And as soon as he said hot tub and cigars, I was into that. And then we stopped Costco and we just cooked our heart out for him and his family. And he had a whole bunch of friends show up and did that whole thing all over again. And I got to sit in the hot tub until uh, one o'clock in the morning when I had to get to the airport. So, but a boom, but a bing, baby. Sounds like a day in the life. That's it. That's it. So yeah, I had a blast. Oh, where did you, you get to blast. sleep? You said you slept for two hours yeah. before you went to the airport. Did you go back to the that hotel was the two and sleep? Hours. Or? So one to oh, three. Okay. And went to the- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, for some reason, I cannot say Scottsdale. Scottsdale. It's, it comes Scott's up with a different now. S word every time. So ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for following along. After the Cook episode, whatever this was, was fantastic with Chef David Rose, my man, the barbecue Buddha. Make sure you hit the bell, do the things, click the likes, subscribe, get in the comments. We want to hear from you. We want to know what you think of this. If your grandmother isn't subscribed to our channel yet, I'm going to slap you the next time I see you. So get your grandmother to subscribe, your mom, your dad, everybody, right? Tell your dentist share, about share, this because this is, that's it. Sharing is caring. 
And we need care from you. So come on, get on it. All right, people. Buddha? Get on it, people. Yeah, That's I mean, uh, you just you summed it up. This is uh, a labor of love for Mel and I. Uh, we love working together, and we love making you all laugh and entertain, and we want to continue going forward. And to do that, it depends on people just like you. So hit that subscribe button. Pass this to your friends. Leave a comment. Make sure to watch this or listen to it several times. We do this for you, so give it back to us for us. Peace out. A-Town. Beep, beep, beep.